You here? Don't tell me you're not here because I know you are. I see you. I hear you. You're tuned in to the Paul Leslie Hour, and we thank you. We have an interview today from the archives with independent singer-songwriter Ari Hest. Hailing from the Bronx, Ari Hest has been at it for more than 20 years. His records are sought out by true music lovers. He's also released a Grammy-nominated album entitled Silver Skies Blue, a duets album with Judy Collins. Real quick, can you help? The Paul Leslie Hour needs your help. Just go to www.thepaulleslie.com support. There you are. Click and thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, we're joined by a singer, songwriter, performer, Mr. Ari Hest, along with Judy Collins. He has an album. It's Silver Skies Blue. We thank him so much for joining us here today. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. So you're originally from the Bronx? Yeah, I grew up uh, in sort of the uh, northern part of the Bronx, close to Yonkers. Yeah, I just, I was there really my whole childhood and and then eventually kind of moved around the boroughs, but started in the Bronx. When did you find out that you could write songs? I was about 17 or 18 when I started to write uh, music and I think at first I wasn't so sure if I could write songs because the people who were listening to me play them gave me some faces that uh, are hard to describe. Then they, they had much smilier faces if they heard me play a song they already knew. <laughs> uh, so I wasn't so sure about my ability to write songs until, uh, really until I, I booked, I started booking my own gigs based on my original music, which I guess was in the middle of college, maybe around 19 or 20 years old. And typically when you write songs, you write by yourself? Typically, yes. Uh, although that seems to morph depending on the time of my life. Currently, that is the case. But, uh, you know, if I befriend somebody who I think is a great writer and, and we are able to spend more time together because they're, you know, living in New York for a while or I'm somewhere for a while, that could change a bit. But most of the songs I've written are, are solo. Yeah. In many of the songs here, you wrote with Judy Collins. Yeah. Tell us about how you first came to know Judy Collins. So I played a festival in New York in 2012, and I knew that she was the headliner, but I really didn't expect to even really meet her that day because I was the first act on a five-act bill. And I think what happened is that she, on her way into the place, you know, get kind of getting herself ready for the show. She overheard me playing and she, I guess she thought to herself that I would be a good opener. Lucky me. So uh, she asked me to open a show and that became more shows because that went one well and so on and so forth. You know, obviously it's come to this place that I can't even believe where I'm putting out a record with her. Incredible. The last album she did, the duets album, Strangers Again, mm-hmm. That's a song you wrote. Strangers Again is a song that I wrote actually with a guy named Marvin Etzioni. And that was back in 2003 or so that I wrote that song. So it appeared on a, on a previous album. And, you know, 
Judy, one of the things that she did without me even knowing, I mean that in a good sense, she looked at my back catalog after listening to what I was doing on stage and she found a bunch of my old albums and really enjoyed them and and picked out a few songs that she liked in particular that, that she might want to do with me. And Strangers Again was one of them, and so we just decided to include it on her uh, duets record. And tell us a, a little bit about that song's inspiration. What What's it about? Well, I think it's, you know, it, it was, again, it was written with a friend of mine named Marvin Etzioni, and I, I think that uh, originally he had the idea of I suppose just writing about someone who you have gotten so close with over the years, but uh, your relationship with them has, has taken a, a turn for the worse and you're trying to figure out you know, what to do next and you're just so overwhelmed by it that you kind of feel like you, you wish uh, for that moment that you never even met them. So it's pretty heavy, <laughs> pretty heavy idea. I liked it because of that, and we started to write the lyrics together, uh, you know, based on that. And on this album, Silver Skies Blue, mm-hmm. what is it like when you sit down with Judy Collins? What's the process look like? So the process was generally one where I would, I usually it was me who would come with a musical idea that was not totally finished yet, something that had maybe some guitar chords and melody, and a, a, a very simple outline of how I thought we might sing it together. And then she would add a little bit of, of you know, musical ideas, maybe changing a chord here or there, maybe changing some sort of melody line. And then the lyrics was generally something where we really worked together. I would come over to her home studio. We would just sit down there. I'd be on a guitar, she'd be on a piano. And we would just really try to work on each line and and many times we would think we were finished with the song and then we decided you know what this needs something else and we i would go back and it helps that we lived you know at the at the time we lived only about five miles from each other and really live still you know pretty close to each other so we can continue to write that's how these songs were, were put together you know generally over a period of a few sessions with her at her home studio I hope you take this as a compliment. The song Silver Skies Blue, it sounds like a song that could have been written many years ago. Okay. Ah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a, like, is this a new song or could this be an old folk song? Yeah. Was there a certain sound that you guys were looking for? The truth of it is that I first thought to write a song for her to sing. I didn't have the idea that we would make a record together, but I thought one day, you know what, I'd like to write something that maybe she would want to sing. She's made so many songs. She's done such incredible versions of them and, and have had, has had so much success with them and enjoys doing so. So I decided I'm going to write a song that thinking about how she sings, how that would work. And, and I, I started writing Silver Skies Blue, actually. That was the first song. And we got, you know, I got most of the way in with that song and she did a little touching up at the end. And I can see why you would single that one out as something that might sound a little bit like something from her heyday. And, uh, you know, there was a reason for that. And in my brain, that's how it all started. Mm. Now, is there a particular track, a particular song from the album that you're especially proud of? 
Well, I mean, there's a there's a bunch, but I think that the the one that seems to have the the energy together where we are just completely uh, connecting on stage and 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 the recording as well, and it's just it's from the big get go has been a a real pleasure to sing with her every single time. Uh, is the second track I choose love, which I think you know it it just has a, a melody that. Uh, that works very well for both of us to, to, you know, riff off each other. And I really enjoy singing that song with her. You could just tell when we're singing that one in a, in a live setting, how much we're, we're enjoying that. There's another one that you wrote by yourself. I was listening to Aberdeen earlier. Oh yeah. Tell us about the inspiration on how that song came to be. Sure. When I first started to play, this goes back to what I was talking about booking my, uh, my, the first few original shows, original music shows, about 15 years ago or so, I, I started playing a lot of universities and, and small colleges in the Dakotas and, and in Minnesota. The reason for that is there was an agent that I befriended that uh, you know had some connections with the people who book shows in these places. So he booked me on, on sometimes it was a tour in the middle of winter, and I'd be... <laughs> in uh, quite a quite a bit of uh, you know weather panic trying to get around but i was still having a ball because it was my first real touring experience and then i arrived one day in aberdeen south dakota to play at northern state university and that particular show i had a bunch of the kids come up afterwards and you know they were just astonished that somebody from new york would even you know come up there and and play for them, and they were so curious about you know living in New York and and really just living in in a city in general because their town was pretty small, and they hadn't a lot of them hadn't even you know left that vicinity, so they were so curious, and I, I thought it was an interesting parallel that they were you know itching to kind of see the rest of the world, and I was this big city kid who was itching to go on tour because I was kind of getting tired of the grind of New York uh, pretty early. So we had a, a common uh, bond there. So that's what I started writing about. When you tour and you play all these different places, do you find yourself curious about the people that go to see you play? You Absolutely. Love- Absolutely. I, you know, I, I, I enjoy learning about the history of the people that I meet, uh, you know, in, in, in towns in Northern Ireland. And they, they talk to me about the, you know, this, the fighting that they've had with the Southerners or, or it depends on, on the, the places in, in America that I've, I've played. Obviously, there's some with richer history than, than others, but uh, it's very interesting to, to not only hear their stories, but also just watch their reactions. I mean, some my music doesn't necessarily work in every single uh, place I go or it's not at least it's not the, the most popular thing. Pop, most popular kind of music in, in every place I go. So it's interesting to learn about the history of, of what their traditions are uh, musically and what they, you know, how they live. What would you say the hardest thing about being an artist is? You know, nowadays I think that the hardest thing is remembering why you're doing it and, and connecting back with that every day. And I say nowadays because I feel like even since I started, things have shifted so dramatically where I have to wear a bunch of different hats. I'm not just a musician. I'm a 
promoter. I'm a, I have to learn how to run my own website. I have to book gigs sometimes. I have to, whatever. There's just a ton of, uh, I've managed my own career at times. There's a lot of stuff that I'd rather not honestly have to do, but I can't afford to hire somebody to do it. And suddenly you find yourself wearing a lot of different hats and you can lose track of why you're doing it in the first place. And honestly, you know, this, this record that I'm doing with Judy is great in the, in, in the sense that, I, that there's a little bit of a, a pressure off me to wear all those hats. I can kind of just connect with the musical side of things. And, you know, obviously Judy being the uh, legend that she is, so many people love to go out and see her play. And when we do our shows, you know, I'm, I'm introduced to this whole new crowd and I don't have to worry about getting them in their seats. This is, this is basically someone else's job. So I can really, you know, again, focus on the music, not just the writing and the recording, but also the live shows with her. You said a couple of times there, you said remembering why you do it. So mm -hmm. why do you do it? For me, it, I think it has to do with my nature of being, a, you know, an introvert. Growing up, I, I did not connect well with with other kids. I was a very nice kid, but I just didn't talk all that much. And really, that that even if you met me today and you spent some time with me, I think you'd describe me as a rather quiet, solitary person. But you know, and I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one to say this. Those things seem to shift when I start to uh, to play music and I feel like I open up a lot and it's really therapeutic for me. So that's why I do it. It's definitely something that's that's therapeutic for me. And, and you know, I also see at this point I'm in my late thirties and, and I see that the people around me that, that uh, I grew up with, some of them have, most of them have more money than I do, but they aren't as, as happy with what they do because they do something that doesn't really help people all that much, or they are just bored with it because they don't really have a passion for it. And I just feel very lucky to, to do what I do. It seems like a lot of times people who go down a non-traditional route in life, like being an artist, being a musician, being a performer, other people will say stuff like, oh man, I'm jealous of you. <laughs> and, and they don't realize also the tremendous sacrifice that it takes to do this type of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true, but I, I think uh, that's just going to be the case. I mean, that's, I'm not surprised that they say that. I mean, if you think about all the other things that I could be doing with my life to, to make a living, I'm not surprised that there's a lot of people out there that, that feel kind of trapped in what they're doing because it, it provides them with a living. Maybe they're taking care of their families with it, but you know, inside there's something that just doesn't feel right because they don't, they're not uh, able to express themselves in the way that they want to. What is the greatest compliment you've received? Hmm. <laughs> you know, there have been a, a handful of times when after a, a show, I'll meet somebody who's been through some sort of extremely traumatic experience, whether it's, you know, the death of a loved one or they are fighting cancer or something very serious, things that I have uh, either not experienced or, or barely experienced in my life. And if they tell me that my music was able to get them through a certain time or is getting them through a time, it's, it's 
the heaviest and and best compliment that I could think of because that talking about helping people that's kind of what I mean by that I, I you know it's not so much the people that casually listen to my music while they're doing whatever in their apartment it's it's more the people that get life-changing uh, help from uh, even if it's for a, a four-minute song they can kind of like connect with what I'm doing and and that's a big deal you know for me to be able to do that kind of thing for people this is kind of an open-ended question for anyone who's listening to this broadcast what would you say to them totally open-ended <laughs> First of all, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to it. I don't want to bore people with uh, go out and buy my new record or anything like that. <laughs> I just, I guess I would just say that, you know, I hope that if you do listen to what I do, that uh, your life is enriched in some way. And, and that's really it. Well spoken. My last question. Who is Ari Hest? It depends on the day. <laughs> I think I, I think I'm like most people that some days I wake up really moody. My my wife would tell you that for sure, and I I don't realize my full potential at least for that moment, or maybe it's the whole day or whatever it is. But you know, I think I'm someone who is good-hearted and and is is always trying to uh, do the right thing, and sometimes that gets me in a jam. I think my parents raised me pretty well. I don't know. It's a, it's a hard one. You know, you ask somebody that kind of question and there's so many different ways to go with it. But I feel good about how I, you know, who I am. And uh, even if I'm having a bad day, I feel pretty good about our guest. <laughs> Very good. Well, actually, I kind of lied because there's one question I would like to ask you. Sure. <laughs> well, maybe two, but you said sometimes you wake up and you're moody. Yeah. What would you say is the greatest source of angst for you? You know, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before about the fact that music is, is this therapeutic thing that, that I can get a lot of frustrations or just in general uh, emotions out. And if I am not around it and I need to connect with people to do certain things and there, there, there often is frustration. I mean, Again, I'll go back to my wife, uh, Chrissy, would, would, <laughs> would definitely tell you that there's, there's times when she wishes that I could communicate things a hell of a lot better than, than I, I do. And unfortunately, our, our lives are not such that I can just sing everything to her. <laughs> so uh, there, are, uh, there are moments like that, for sure. Well, then the flip side, in just, just your day-to-day life, what would you say the greatest source of joy is? Well... I think it's at this point in my life. I think it's it's more and more. It's it's a it's family. It's it's uh, it's remembering where you came from and and connecting with family. And I wouldn't have always said that. I think I didn't always have the best relationship with, uh, especially with certain people in my family. And I think at some point you just realize how short life is, and you have to overcome those feelings. Like you can't handle these people you have to figure out ways to to connect with them no matter what and and when i connect with with my family each day hopefully each day it's important to me and become more and more important well thank you very much for sharing with us thank you paul i appreciate that Uh, thanks for all the questions thank you have a good one all right i appreciate it thank you bye-bye bye
Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, The Entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.